0: This episode of The Broadband Bunch is sponsored by ETI Software and Vetro FiberMap. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Broadband Bunch. My name is Pete Pizzitello. I am at Connected Britain 2023. Uh, I am joined today by Marcel Horst. He is the CEO of the Common Wholesale Platform Limited. Marcel, thanks for joining us.
1: Thank you very much, uh, Pete. Very uh, pleased to be here. Uh, also very excited about the event. Uh, enormous amount of activity. Uh, you only hear the, uh, the, the background noise. and yeah. uh, you can see how busy this is here uh, today. Yeah, and, and uh,
0: you spoke. You were. You, did you
1: speak today, or you speak? Yeah, tomorrow? yeah. We had a, a fantastic roundtable this morning. Uh, well, it was fantastic from a perspective of um, we got a really great uh, audience. We had uh, about 69 people turn up uh, to the. Uh, uh, to the round table, and there were only 16 seats around the <laughs> around the <laughs> table. Uh, but after we overcome that, uh, we had a fantastic, uh, you know, really clear um, uh, debate about readiness for one touch switching.
0: Yeah, I'm sure. So before we get into that, maybe tell me a little bit, how did Marcel end up in this seat running this company?
1: Yeah, so um, I um, I have been in the telecom industry uh, pretty much all of my working life. I started off uh, back in 1988 in uh, BT Laboratories. Uh, moves from BT uh, to Energis to help find, uh, you know, wrap fiber around uh, electricity pylons. Moves from Energis to Colt, uh, where, uh, where where we build uh, the Colt internet service. And then subsequent to that, all of Colt's data centers around Europe. Then moved to Bulldog, uh, where Bulldog helped to unbundle the local loop uh, before it was uh, acquired by cable and wireless. And then actually I left the telecom industry for a bit and came back into it again uh, some years ago and uh, more recently uh, about 2 3 years ago was asked to uh, set up uh, common wholesale platform limited because of my background in uh, in wholesale services so you've seen a lot you've seen
0: some ups and downs in this industry yep. you know a couple different um, gold rushes if you will right some uh, technology changes mm-hmm. um why, common wholesale platform? Why was it the right move for you to to get back into the business here?
1: Yeah, so uh, common wholesale platform is the right thing at the right time because um what is clearly happening in the u k. industry is that there are still a large number of uh, alternative network providers that are building fiber networks, right and um, in order to gain, uh, you know, uh, a, a market share of of uh, fiber penetration across the UK. There is a massive um, uh, uh, benefit of um, getting into that market because uh, the UK uh, government also sees uh, full fiber connectivity as a, a really big differentiator uh, for the uh, uh, for for the economy. Yeah. Uh, so the more people that connected to a full fiber service. Uh, the better it is for the UK economy. Historically, the fiber connections didn't grow very quickly uh, because there was a uh, you know perfectly working uh, copper network uh, that uh, the incumbents right. was uh, was sweating uh, that asset, and therefore it's taken a while uh, for uh, fiber networks to start to be built. Uh, but they are being built now at at an enormous pace, uh, and you know with with some I think some fifteen billion. Uh, of investment is going in from uh, the investors in alternative network providers. Some 15 billion is going in from uh, BT uh, and, and and Virgin, and uh, another 5 billion from the government yeah. to try and reach the hard-to-reach places in rural areas.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of excitement around that. One of the things that's in, you know coming from the United States, we're also going through this injection of billions of dollars. Uh, but one of the differences here uh, is this one-touch switching mandate from the U.S from the UK government, um, just for our listeners to understand what that is, and then maybe explain to us how, how you guys are supporting that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um one touch switching uh, didn't come about overnight. It's, it's probably been four years in the making. It did originate from um, some of the regulation in Europe when Britain was still part of uh, the EU. EU okay, uh, uh, But the, the rules and the regulations have sort of uh, stayed through Uh, The the Brexit process and Ofcom, the uh, the UK regulator, has basically uh, set a set that every retailer in the UK must comply with this new regulation in order to create a real benefit for the UK consumer being able to switch from one provider to another. Why is that? Well, a bit like electricity or gas, if you want to switch uh, from one provider to the other because you've had a bad service or you don't actually get a very good deal, then you should be able to do that in a very easy way. Sure. What uh, wanted switching is about? It's a, it's what is called a gaining provider led process. And under gaining provider led process, the gaining provider will talk to a an end customer. He will say to that end customer, "Okay, um, you like our offer? Would you switch from your existing provider to us?" Right. The end customer says, "Yeah, I'm interested to do that." And what the wanted switching process allows is to send messages between the gaining provider through a hub in the middle to the losing provider for the losing provider to then send uh, an implications letter to the end customer to say, I know you want to leave us, but you still have to pay uh, a couple of months of contract remaining. And by the way, you've got a router from us that you have to return. Right. Uh, so, okay, please, uh, uh, if as long as you're happy with that, please go and move to your new provider. Uh, But do be aware, we will send you a final bill. And so, is this happening as we speak? And and what is happening here is that, as I said, it's been sort of four years in the making. uh, But uh, the original deadline when this service was supposed to be live, so the regulator has allowed the UK industry to try and get its own act together to make this happen. Yeah, and the UK industry did not meet the deadline of the third of April, twenty twenty-three. Oh. Uh, the regulator was a bit upset about that and uh, therefore uh, sent uh, out a well, uh, you have not you've missed the deadline. Uh, therefore we are now going to send out some enforcement notices and uh, start uh, pushing, I suppose, the retailers in the UK to try and get themselves ready as quick as they can which in the center of that is uh, a, a central hub platform that can handle that switching traffic. Right, And that is now due to go live on the 14th of March, 2024. And the time between now and then is to carry out testing with that platform.
0: Well, I mean, it sounds... I mean, did the uh, OFS understand the the complexities of that request? I mean, there's not only technological issues there right um but there's a lot of coordination and business coordination between the consumer and the two
1: different providers i mean was that all kind of thought through or is it kind of unveiling as we're working through the problem i would say it is it is unveiling itself as time goes by uh we've been in this in this space for a while because we had a a one touch switching compliant platform last year and as a result of that we, we we kind of already see some of the pitfalls uh you know uh, unearth itself, and we're helping a lot of our our members of our platform that is connected to uh, the uh, the main hub uh, provided by an organization called uh, Totsco or the One Touch Switching Company. Right, uh, and um, yeah, we're just helping our members to get through uh, this readiness activity so that you know between now and and March they will be ready and come. It it will be a big bang launch. So come big bang launch, fourteenth of March. Yeah. Um, you know, those uh, members will be able to take a switching request either as a gaining provider, you know, obviously sure. that's what everybody's interest is, right. but also uh, from a regulatory perspective to act correctly and appropriately as a losing provider.
0: Yeah, but it just, it seems to me it opens up a whole nother can of market dynamics, right? So you can definitely come in with a, um, you can buy customers You can come in with a, you know, and typically it's kind of an introductory rate to get people to switch, are there conversations around restricting those types of practices or how many times the consumer flip back and
1: forth or is it, it's... No, no. Um, well, generally in the UK, consumers do sign up to a commitment uh, for the service in order to get a, uh, you know, an advantageous uh, price point. For their broadband service, so they may sign up to a twelve or twenty-four month contract, right. and therefore, if they sign up for that, they are obliged to, you know, to to sit out that contract, and there may be, you know, contract termination, uh, you know, charges associated with that. Sure. So uh, flipping back and forth, uh, well, possibly there, there could be providers out there that uh, say actually you don't have to sign up a contract with us. You can just go on a one-month rolling contract. Right. Uh, that That's uh, certainly po- possible. And I do agree, it will open up opportunities for innovative, creative retailers to start You know, um, go, b- really leveraging and benefiting from this one-to-switching uh, uh, scenario.
0: Yeah. yeah, I mean, I lo- from a consumer practice, I love it because switching has always been a pain, no matter if it's your cell phone or broadband company. Um, they, they put a lot of layers of friction in there and pain um, but as a sales and marketing guy, I'm, I'm. There's some pretty interesting ideas. I mean, you think about bundling, or you think about contract duration. I mean, there's there's ways to say yes, you can switch, but there's a you build in the friction on the back end that pain, especially if the consumer is going to be responsible for the commitments.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and uh, clearly, the more complicated you make your product, the more complicated the switching process is. So right. Part of the switching is also kind of to debundle your package. So if you currently have a package that incorporates uh, telephony and broadband and TV services, right, right. that first needs to be you know, disassembled yep. and say, okay, you're moving the broadband provider to this organization. Uh, do you wish to move your telephony at the same time? Uh, yes, I do. Okay. Ah, but that organization doesn't do telephony. What are you going to do now? So there's an awful lot of different scenarios that needs to be tested. Sure. Uh, and that is the process that we're writing in at the moment to test those scenarios.
0: And and, and especially in the UK with the kind of the consolidation that's kind of being hinted around here, it's really interesting where you may have a relationship with a, a, a local provider that gets consumed by a larger regional pro player. And that could be a trigger for you to say, you know what, I, I, I'm going to shop it. It's a compelling event to go shop it around. Um, so coming out in first, what well, you said, March, 2024 is the deadline. Mm-hmm. It should be pretty interesting to see how those dynamics play into the consumer thinking.
1: What about businesses? Can businesses have the same rights? Yeah. So uh, for businesses, actually the regulation for um, gaining provider-led switching was um, uh, was already uh, uh, set out to be applicable from the 3rd of April, 23. Okay. So if you are a provider of business-to-business broadband services, then as a retailer of that of that service, you should be following... The um, not the one touch switching process, but the gaining provider that process that says, if a business comes to me and says, I like your service, but I'm currently with another provider, then that business should take all the obligation to contact that other provider, get all the relevant information, make the switching help yep. uh, occur seamlessly. The way switching works is that you first have to connect the new service before the old service is disconnected. So there shouldn't be any break in service. Uh, to any, uh, you know, any, any premises. Uh, so, so, yeah.
0: so thank you for that. So you also have a wholesale component to what you do. Can you yeah. tell us a little bit about what you're yeah, trying to so, do? So
1: um, we, we did believe that uh, there's a massive connection and overlap between switching and wholesale services. So we're switching from a consumer perspective only involves a retailer to retailer uh, transaction. Right. Those retailers ultimately need to do something with wherever they buy the, you know, the wholesale service from. So then the network provider. So what we've done on our CWP platform, we've created extensions to the one touch switching process which actually involves the wholesale network provider. Okay. And in that in that respect, so if there's a, a gaming provider says, yeah, I've got an order for You know, uh, a a, a customer that is interested in our service, interested in our service, then we can reach out to our wholesale provider and say, "Yeah, this is the service they want. Are you able to provide that within the standard lead time of two weeks?" And then the process can start to carry out that switch. And on the losing provider, they can do exactly the same thing. They can then reach out to their uh, network provider to say, okay, looks like we have lost this particular uh, customer from the network. Please disconnect the service on the 14th of April, you know, whatever. Yeah.
0: Uh, is any of that information going to be public? I mean, now that you're collecting it, so we can look back in a year and see who gained the most, who lost the most. and so uh, there-, there
1: is a little bit of um, research uh, that Ofcom does that says how many uh, customers uh, certain providers have in terms of market share. Uh, and uh, yeah, it would be interesting to see uh, you know, once this is launched in March, to say you know six months or twelve months afterwards to see what's happened.
0: Right. I mean, because you know, there's the net, you know, the net promoter score, the NPS scores, customer satisfactions, which you know people always hold up as a banner, and you you, and you suspect how much is that is actually accurate. But if you can actually show churn, yeah, you know, and that that's a really telling, transparent transparent indicator of who's doing well and who needs
1: who needs. Some work to do, and and I must say, in the UK, uh, we probably have some eighty to hundred uh, network providers. Yeah, and within those network providers, there's some really, really innovative, creative organizations that um, that put customer service right first and foremost. Uh, that have creative service portfolios, creative bundles. Uh, and therefore, I think they would stand the game from from the switching process. That's interesting.
0: So the deadline is coming up yep. about five months out. What's going to stop us from hitting that deadline?
1: Uh, what will stop us is uh, you know the industry uh, continuing not to be ready. But then I suppose it's up to the regulator to say enough is enough. Right. Uh, what uh, potentially uh, could be the case is that the uh, the central hub provider will not be ready. Although it's fair to say we have now carried out a complete end-to-end transaction in the past week. Okay, oh, uh, So we're now starting to see, uh, you know, uh, real uh, platforms, real computers starting to talk to each other yeah. uh, to make this happen in, in reality. Uh, although there's still a lot more work, there's, there's, there's a lot of exceptions that need to be tested and, and checked. Uh, but um, I think we're on a good path towards uh, March um, 24. If, you know, if you were to ask me, do you think uh, this will happen uh, on the deadline right now, I would say yes.
0: Well, That's good. I love the optimism. So what about scale? Have you guys thought about and projected what the percentage of churn is going to be and how do you build your systems to support that kind of volume?
1: Absolutely. Yes. So, um, when, uh, we started crafting our platform, uh, we very much had scale and scalability in mind. Uh, we, uh, uh, worked closely together with uh, 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 an organization uh, based in lithuania called media Phone data pro and they already switched 1.6 million transactions a month oh, wow. on their platform so it was a very very scalable platform uh, that we've implemented uh obviously uh, we hope that you know the other platforms out there do exactly the same thing I'm,
0: yeah we'll find out so five minutes away good luck to you thanks for joining the show you come back next year what what do you expect to be different here at this show or within this market
1: i think in 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 a year from now, we will see some changes in uh, in providers providers that have really embraced uh this this um I think quite important for the industry uh you know uh, regulatory driven activity, but I think it's far more important for the retailers themselves get themselves ready if you're not ready, somebody else will pinch your customer right
0: no, it's true it's it's an innovative way to approach this problem that we all know is key. It's it's putting the consumer, the subscriber first, right? Oopsie, looking. Marcel, um, we've been talking to Marcel Horst. He's the CEO of the Common Wholesale Platform Limited. Marcel, thank you for joining uh, the show.
1: It's been a real pleasure. Thank you very much, Pete.
0: And good luck with your rollout. I know you got a lot of uh, a lot of things to work through, but I'm confident you guys will get there. So looking forward to see how things play out for you guys in, in 2024.
1: It's been great talking to you. Thank you.
0: This will wrap up another episode of the Broadband Bunch. We're here live at Connected Britain 2023, Um, talking to Marcel Horst, the CEO of the Common Wholesale Platform. Thank you for listening.